0: Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox.
1: Our bodies are brilliant, miraculous. And when we let them lead, things work out a lot more smoothly and a lot more powerfully than when we try to do everything just with our mind, which is only one small part of our body. You're
0: listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. Welcome back to the only space in the podcasting world that teaches you that this journey through life is about chasing purpose, not money. If you're a purpose chaser, thank you so much for being here with us. And if you're brand new, make sure that you stick around. You're going to learn so much about what the true definition of wealth is. It's not money and material possessions. That's one definition. It's actually the condition of well-being. That's the original definition. And that's what we talk about here. That sounds like something that you are interested in. Then make sure you subscribe. And then, of course, after this interview, rate and review. Let us know what this podcast is doing for you. Now, today, I sat down with my good girlfriend, Kate Northrup. She's an author and the CEO of The Origin Company. And we are talking about today... What do you do when life happens? I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. Before we jump in, though, let's get to our affirmation of the week.
1: You know, you got to speak positivity into your life,
0: into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to well. This week's affirmation is I view every obstacle as a new opportunity. Obstacles will be thrown my way. This is a reality of life. But I don't allow distractions to throw me off course. I accept them, I embrace them. I learn the lesson and move on, continuously pressing toward my goals. Character and strength are built during adversity. Opportunities can overcome obstacles. I have a so what, now what attitude. I look life head on and declare that while XYZ challenge has occurred, this is what I will do to move on. I act in spite of my own doubts, fears, and ridicule from others. I press on despite the unexpected and I turn lemons into tall glasses of sweet lemonade. I declare today I view every obstacle as a new opportunity. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. This is a long time coming. I think so. Yeah. Don't you think? So listen, I
1: don't know if you know how I really was introduced to you. I think I have a story about it that might be wrong. So tell me your story.
0: (laughs) So I know we met in person. Lori Harder, our good girlfriend, brought me to your book signing in California some years ago now. And I was just in awe, in love. The entire event, all women just felt so good. And I just loved, I loved the energy that was created in that space. But that was not the first time I had ever heard of Kate Northrup. I remember seeing you, I think I was in either a hotel lobby or in the airport. I just know I was traveling and you were on, I don't know, like today's show, maybe Good Morning America, like one of those types of shows years ago because you were in more in the finance space. Mm-hmm. So you wrote the book, Money, A Love Story, Right. And so I couldn't really hear you. I could just see right. how animated you were. And I was like, look at her. She, look at, she's a finance person with personality. I just remember thinking that, like, that because so obviously, funny. right, that's my lane. But I looked you up and, like, oh, okay, cool. And then, you know, how it is, you go on with your life. And then Lori, you know, introduced us and said, you need to come to this event. And you were, you were even better in person. And ever since then, you've just been my girl. Thanks. That's why I just I, I just text you and encourage you sometimes or tell I you things because you just about have you. such an amazing, you just, you do it for me. So I just want to say that wasn't the, you probably thought that was the first time, I but did. I always think it's so amazing that you can have an experience and it's a fleeting thought like, oh, she looks like she'd be cool. And then it
1: could have been four or
0: five years had passed. I'm not sure how much oh, time It was a was. long
1: time because um, that was, I've only ever done one major media appearance which you happened to ca- catch. <laughs> it was the Today show. Okay. And that was in 2013, I want to wow. say. Was a long time ago. And uh, was, time I've ago. never been so nervous in my life and I just was like, I guess I'm now playing a finance expert on TV. <laughs> You're playing a finance expert. Well, that's really
0: what I wanted to talk to you about today, though, is that you've been able to pivot several times. And that's a scary thing, right? When people kind of see you in one season of your life and their expectation is that you should always be in that box. You should always be who they met you as several years ago or six months ago. Like talk to me about this journey so you were you were playing a finance expert on TV when I saw you. I couldn't even hear
1: you. I just thought your energy was great. <laughs> yes. Like how how were you that playing... my mother helped me choose at Marshalls <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Nordstrom Rack. I mean, anyway. Uh yes, sorry <laughs> I interrupted you. So how how have you had all these pivots? Like talk to us about the journey. Hmm. So, I while I am somebody with goals and I am clear on my vision, life often has just had other plans for me. Like I thought I was going to be a museum curator or an art dealer, and then, <laughs> and then I started this blog, and I ended up getting asked to write a book, and the publisher I gave him a variety of ideas. And he was like, how about you do the money one? I mean, that's literally how that happened. So it's not the super inspiring story. But then after I had done the money work for a while, I'll be perfectly honest. I just didn't have anything further to say. And I am somebody who gets bored easily. So continuing to say the same thing, you know, there are many authors who essentially have like seven books that are the same thing, but just with different titles. I just can't do it. It feels like I have shriveled up and died inside when I keep like writing the same thing over and over again. And, um, it doesn't mean that's bad for other people. I think it's actually wonderful because we all need to be reminded about a hundred million times about the same things. It's just not my way. And Mm -hmm. so my way is a lot of iteration and a lot of shifting. And so what happened is I was just bored and I felt creatively dried up and it was, uh, couple years after money, a love story had come out and it did well, you know, today's show I Yahoo finance, like all, all kinds of places I got to go speak. And, you know, I still hear from people all the time. Who's, who's had, whose lives have been positively impacted by that book. And I'm super proud of it. Um, and it was just time for a change, but I didn't know what the change was going to be. And so I just kind of poured myself into planning my wedding. <laughs> like well I'm creatively dried up. I don't know what I'm doing in my business. Everyone, all my other friends who had books come out li- around the same time, they had been like publishing their second books, publishing their third books. They seemed to be progressing in their careers and I just felt like I was hanging out in place. So I just poured all my creative energy into my wedding, um which was great. And I remember talking to my friend Marie Forleo at a wedding and she was like it was so it was so healing what she said to me. She was like, well, when it comes to creativity, there is no hierarchy. You can just pour Mm. your soul into making soup. You don't have to be out there impacting millions of lives every day.
0: (sighs) I just, I just exhaled. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: There is no creative hierarchy. It was so good. So anyway, so I did that and then, um, you know, and we were doing our business. It wasn't like the business had gone away. It just, you know, there's times when your work is like erupting from your soul. And then there's times when you're just like chopping wood, carrying water. And that's okay too. There are, there are seasons of that. And so I was in a season of that work wise. And then I had my first baby and it completely knocked me on my tuckus. Like I just really knocked me out. And, um, I felt like I lost my mind. And I had, I felt profoundly out of control as I know many people do when when they become parents. And it was when my period came back, I was, she was 13 months old. I was still nursing. My period came back. And for the first time I felt since becoming a mother that I had like a sense of control and a sense of something I could rely on. Mm. And so from that moment, began to be birthed the work around do less that became the book do less became the do less planner and became the origin company. So it really just came out of a creative fallow period for me. And that's that's why the pivot and then the reason pivot to the origin company is I just I just didn't want to be a personal brand anymore, like Mm. building up more about my face and my life. It just felt weird.
0: Really? I love this. I love though the trust you have to have to make each one of these pivots, right? Because like I was saying earlier, you know, how did you overcome the like, but you're the money lady, (laughs) right? Because if some people met you playing a finance expert on television, they're not (laughs) expecting you to be talking about
1: periods and cycles and how that impacts your workflow. So, well, I am somebody who sees connections, between a lot of things that other people might think are not connected. So that's what I bring to the table. And so to me, money and time, talking about money and time as precious resources, and really underneath that, talking about self-worth is actually the same thing. So, so while it was wearing a different dress, it actually wasn't, it hasn't been different. My whole career has been about self-worth. And so I just, it gets dressed up in different outfits, but it's the same thing. And so people, I I know I lost people along the way, but then new ones came and I just really trust, like the world is a big place. There's 8 million people. I'm not going to be for everyone. There's plenty.
0: Right. That's what I tell, tell the clients, right? It's like, there's 8 billion people, 8 billion people. And, oh, did I say 8 million? Yeah, it's okay. But there's 8 billion people and you don't need all of them to like you, to trust you, to work with you, to hire you. You just need your people.
1: You just need your people. And the truer you're being to yourself, the more your people will be magnetized for their particular season of life. Mm -hmm. And that has been true across the board. It is a bit of a leap of faith. And so I don't want to skirt over that and be like, oh, I'm never scared. I always am in trust. That is not true you know, we just pivoted a couple weeks ago and I am scared, but I'm just doing it anyway, because my, it's so clear. Like, you know, you talk a lot about your connection with spirit. I have a very, a very clear, uh, spiritual connection. It's just so obvious that this is what I need to be doing. And I just keep talking to God every morning. And I'm like, just show me like, I'm here. I'm doing my part. Show me what's next. Show me what we need to do. I'm available just keep guiding me. And so even if it doesn't all like line up exactly the way I was hoping or thought, Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm just staying in that connection with God and trusting.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, I've learned to not be attached to what it all looks like. Yes. I have a vision, but I'm also okay. If the vision shifts, I have a vision and the vision that I hold today is what guides my activity right it's what guides my relationships it, it's what guides my calendar but if that shifts, it shifts <laughs> like I think that's the thing that's really hard for a lot of the women that I work with is they're they're very attached to like it must look this way and it must manifest in this way and it must feel this way and it's like mm, I think a part of my success personally has been at least for the last several years for sure. I care, but I don't, (laughs) right? It's like, I care about the people I serve. I care about creating impact in the world, but I literally don't care about the method, the modality. I'm very open to, if something comes up that feels right in my spirit, then I will go in that direction. Yeah. And that'll just be
1: it. I'm so with you on
0: that. Yeah. So I've been learning a lot from you with the do less method. I want you to talk more um, about how you discovered this idea of doing less in a time when really, you know, culture says you should do the most. You should be doing all the things. You should be on every platform. You should be just freaking doing everything under the sun. What's your take on that?
1: So my take on that is that's for the birds. <laughs> um, I just, so my granny is 94 years old and she has been sort of like slowly saying goodbye to the world over the last year. And we keep thinking she's going to go and then she doesn't. And she, you know, she's on her own timeline as we all are and it's beautiful. And so I just, you know, I think about my granny a lot and I visit her and she's amazing. she's had this incredible life six kids. She was like became the mayor in, you know, when she was in her 50s and she hiked the Appalachian Trail when she was 65. And um and I just like think about her at the end of her life. And she is not sitting in her cabin wishing she had gotten more done. Like what she wants is her family around. What she wants is to look at the pond. What she wants is to snuggle with her dog buddy. And it's just you know, and she then she rides up the back hill in a tractor with my uncle. I mean, it's just like so simple. And so this is a dichotomy because I am here to make a big impact. Like I, I have big dreams. I am. I really am just so committed to changing the way our culture relates to work. But ironically, <laughs> having that big dream requires me to think really simply and really focus on what matters and know that we are here. I believe each of us is here for a very specific person uh, purpose. And yet I don't think that that purpose is to be like completely wrung out and strung out so that we get to the end of our life and think like, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had given myself permission to enjoy myself. I wish I had um, followed my own dreams and been truer to myself. This is um, from Bronnie Ware's book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. She was a hospice nurse and she spent all this time with dying people. And there are five things that everyone regrets at the end of the day. And one of them is, I wish I hadn't worked so much. And so now, of course, I've forgotten the question you asked me, but... (laughs)
0: It was just about like how hardcore. you, No, I love that though. I love the story about your granny and I don't know Kate if, if it's because I'm over 40 now that I just keep thinking about things differently. I do feel like I'm on the back half, the beginning of the back half of my yeah. life, right? And just today in my prayer room and then talking to my husband before I went in the gym this morning, I was like I really am in a space where I've been contemplating how much time I spent the first 40 years wanting to please other people, mm-hmm. wanting to, mm-hmm. quote unquote, make a name for myself, wanting to prove all these things and how now I'm like, as I told you before we start recording, I was like, no, I don't have makeup on. They're going to get what I give them. <laughs> I'm like Now I'm on this back half and I'm like, you know what? For me, showing up is is the thing. Like I showed up and I give and I pour out what I have. And then when I need to be replenished and I need to retreat and go do my thing, I'm going to do that too. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always wanna pay high quality prices if you know what I'm saying. Plus I don't always wanna wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the Clothing Rental Membership Armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new to me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, What I also love is that Armoire is women-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. There was a time when I would have broken my neck trying to get home from the gym to fully put on a whole face of makeup before we did this interview. I would have made sure, right, right, that there was no way that I could turn the camera on without feeling
1: ready. But that was all very external. Internally, I'm already ready. Of course. Well, first of all, you were born ready. And second of all, like you said, that's all based on external expectation. And so really, the do less methodology is about reorienting our compass so that it's coming from inside and it's based on how we feel and our connection with spirit and our connection with our own soul and our connection with our values. And knowing that at the end of the day, like for you, having a full face of makeup isn't the most important thing. And it's not even, well, in my opinion, it's not even unimportant thing because Mm -hmm. if we look at what results we're trying to get, and this is where I get really analytical, Mm-hmm. You know, I love giving the exercise. If somebody's thinking, okay, well, I, I know I want to do less, but I like, I have no idea everything is important. And I'm like, okay, nope, it's not. And so here's how you can determine you look at, you can take a piece of paper, and this is just an application of the 80 20 rule. You take a piece of paper, you draw a line down the middle of it, you write down the tasks that you spend your time doing on the left. And on the right, you write down your biggest wins. If it's in business, if it's in your career, but like have a category, right? So for you, Patrice, I would imagine... Oh, and then and then you, take a, you draw a line from the biggest wins on the right to the task that was directly related to that thing. And so I would imagine putting on a full face of makeup is not directly related to your biggest wins in your career or in your life. I know for me, it is not even on the radar. I put on makeup the, for the first time today. In three days. And I was just looking for a little more pep in my step. (laughs) But, but basically the do less methodology is looking at, okay, knowing that time is actually an incredibly finite resource, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: knowing that our lives are, you know, my friend, Chris Carr says that life is a terminal condition. Mm. We are for sure all going to die. That's what we know for sure. And so what are we going to do with the precious time we have? And we need to disconnect from the brainwashing that doing more things makes you more valuable. I mean, at the end of the day, it just isn't true. Doing what matters creates a beautiful life. Doing what matters creates impact. Doing what matters creates income, actually. Also, you know, here we are talking about money, right? I mean, I know you talk about a lot of things, but yeah, but it, it really is it really is about what you're doing and being more. So some people here do less and they're like, well, I can't do nothing. I'm a mom, I'm a business owner. I'm like, I didn't say do nothing. (laughs) That's not written anywhere. How did did we jump to that? Yeah, I'm just (laughs) like, do fewer things that you can do less than you are doing now. I promise you, I am pruning my life and my business all the time. Yes. All the time.
0: Yes. And I love the word pruning. So good, I, right? just, I just love the word pruning that just that idea that we have to, we have to be willing to cut out the dead things, you know, and, and like pull out the things that may not be dead yet, but <laughs> they're damn sure on their way. Right. Yeah. So that everything else can thrive. And I'm in the season right now too. I think I've, I've continuously been pruning since I moved back to Georgia in 2019. Um, and I think the pandemic also gave a great opportunity to just take a look at every part of my life and go, does this still serve you? Or are you just on autopilot? Like, does this still work for you? It could have worked three years ago. That's fine. It could have been great in that season five years ago. But if it doesn't work for you now, why are you still doing it? And just make those hard decisions to go, yep, nope, (laughs) no more of that. No more of this. I'm good with that. I'm finished with this. Definitely complete. And that has been so freeing. Um, It's honestly one of the reasons that the podcast format has changed. You know, for four years, nonstop, every week, back-to-back episodes, constantly in a cycle of producing, producing, producing. And I'm like, I know good and heck well all of the people who subscribe to the podcast haven't heard all 230 whatever episodes. I'm gonna build in some breaks and some rest for myself and you all go catch up. How about that? You can catch up. If you just really want to hear my voice, but right now for my team and I, we're going to seasons and we're going to take breaks in between and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of those breaks and and I'll have the space to really think about creatively how I want to continue to evolve this for as long as I desire to do it. Yeah. But I really felt comfortable doing that because of you.
1: Oh, <laughs> Makes me so happy to hear. Yeah. One of the things that I say is that, you know, I don't work for the algorithm, right? Like, I don't work for the algorithm. I work for the goddess, is, is what I say. Or you can say, you know, I don't work for the algorithm. I work for God or the universe, whatever. The courses, the experts, the strategies that say you have to be showing up every day in all the places are literally robots. We cannot base the way we work on technology that was not built with life in mind. We need to align the way we work as life-giving and align it with life force, as opposed to an algorithm that quite frankly is just trying to make big tech money. And they've got us all Period. by, it's like the end. It's like, it's just, it's sick, actually. It's quite sick. So I'm so glad that you're taking it breaks. Is sick. It is sick. And speaking of
0: break, we're going to take a break right here and we'll be right back. So something that Kate and I brought up in this episode was this idea of not needing makeup to do the thing that you need to do, like all the masks many of us wear that prevent us from actually walking in purpose in the way that we know that we're called to. And so my wake-up call with this was a few years ago, several years ago now, I would say it was about 2016, 2017. I remember coming home from the gym and having a download. I often talk about when I'm driving or in the shower, how I just get these bouts of just inspiration and I just feel like a download that is so divine is coming through and I need to share. I feel compelled to share with others. And so I'm driving home and I'm having this down low, coming from the gym. So I'm not cute. I'm sweaty. I'm funky. Um, I definitely have no makeup on and I'm pretty sure my hair looks crazy under my cap. And I'm thinking, yes, once I clean up, I will definitely share this message. Now, I don't know about you, but... The longer I take to share, typically the more the message gets lost, right? Like as I start to filter it through a million other things, and sometimes that's appropriate, like for the podcast, sometimes I need to think through things, but sometimes I really just need to deliver the message, right? As I was going up the stairs to my house, I passed my office, made that right down the hall towards my bedroom and bathroom. And I'm like, after I clean up, I will definitely go back later on today and share pieces of this download. And as I start to get undressed to get in the shower, I get that small voice, that nudge that says, what's more important, your makeup or the message? And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so convicted. (laughs) I was like, the message is even better though if I'm cute, right? (laughs) If I put some eyebrows on, this message can go very far. That's literally what I was thinking. But I was like, okay, be obedient. So I put my shirt back on and put my cap back on. And I walked back down the hall and I went live on Facebook. Now, the thing to also remember is that I've shared before very openly that I was being harassed big time in social media around that time. So that wasn't even like deeper reason why I always wanted to be made up and I always wanted to not appear perfect, but try to appear my best, right? But here I am. I feel like I have this download. It's necessary that it comes out and I go to Facebook, go live, prepare for my harasser to come on as well. And I just say what was on my heart. And it wasn't very long. I don't think it was more than maybe 15 minutes, 20 max. But I say what's on my heart. I do my thing. I turn off Facebook, close the laptop, and I go back down the hall, take my shower, go about my morning routine and do my thing. And when I come back to start work a couple hours later, I'm greeted with a direct message from someone, a young woman who actually says to me, I usually don't watch lives. I don't even follow you or I wasn't your friend. Someone shared it while you were speaking. And it was exactly what I wanted to hear. I just want to thank you because I don't know if you know you changed my life today or you saved my life today. And what a lesson. What a powerful lesson in understanding that it's not about us and that whatever mask that we allow ourselves to continue to wear may be preventing us from truly walking with the purpose and intention and impact that we really desire. So from that day to this day, if I get a download or if I'm inspired to do something, makeup or not, I'm not going to hold back because I never know who's on the other side of this camera lens that might need just the words that I have to say. And I want to pass that on to you. You have a message that is so great and it doesn't matter what the mask is that you're wearing. Someone will receive it and someone really needs it. And it's not for us to sit in disobedience and think that we need to show up in perfection. No, we simply need to show up in obedience. So Kate, you dropped this line that I don't think I'll ever forget. I don't work for the algorithm. I work for God. I would say God. I don't work for the algorithm. I I work for God. And that is so in alignment with how I've been feeling, friend, like, you know, having even team members, I know you hire people to help you with these things, but then they go, your, your social media is, it's not, it's not picking up because you're not doing reels every day. I'm like, well, it's, this it's going to have to fall because <laughs> I don't feel led to do reels every day. I'm not matching up words with music. I'm just not that coordinated. Although I've seen you do some really cute reels. You're super cute. Not all of us
1: are able though. <laughs> I do them when the moment strikes and I feel like learning some new choreography from YouTube. But that is, I want to be really clear. That is for me. Yeah. Like, it's for me. It's not, I do have somebody who's like more reels and I'm like, I will do it. When I feel called. When I feel called. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you do do it, you are so cute.
0: And I'm like, look at Kate, I wish. like, You know, but again, you're so bombarded with all the constant things that you're not measuring up to. Oh, you should have this percentage of engagement for this number of followers. Oh, you should have this much, you know, on your blog posts. You should have this on YouTube and you should... And I'm like, enough, enough. I'm going to show up and serve. I'm going to show up when it's time for me to show up and I'm going to pour out because that's what I do. And then I'm going to go back home or get back in my prayer closet or sit on my couch and do nothing because that's what I feel like doing. I feel like what matters is when I show up, am I present? And am I really, am I, am I present to the support that I say I want to give to others? That's what I feel like matters more than, but how many people downloaded this week?
1: Well, right, because an hour of true present service is way more valuable than five hours of dialing it in. So it's not, we live in a linear world that wants us to believe like an hour of time, it's all equal. It's not, we are actually cyclical beings living on a round planet that goes through seasons and our bodies go through cycles and all of the planets are rotating around the earth. Like everything's actually a cycle. It's always coming back around to the beginning, right? We're never really running out. It's always filling back up. There never, there is no end. Of course we die and we have all kinds of beliefs about what happens after that, which we won't get into, but (laughs) there is something really beautiful when you think about like life, you know, the circle of life, right? So when we think about, oh, I have to, you know, it's it's the same as trading hours for dollars. We've been very indoctrinated into believing like time is money. Time is not really necessarily money. Like Time is time. Money is money. They are not necessarily the same thing. And so if we want to start valuing our time, I think it's important to to take away like, oh, I should be earning $50 this hour. I should whatever, like commodifying our time is also part of the sickness of toxic capitalism. Same as being just like tied to the algorithm to to run the rhythms of our lives. It's just like, no, we should be tied to the planet and our bodies to run the rhythm of our lives.
0: So speaking of that, I would love for you to break that down a little bit more. Like what that actually means. Cause I know a lot of my listeners are like, what should you keep talking about with these seasons and yes. cycles, right? So break that down and how that correlates to how we should show up, not how we should show up, but would make sense, right? For how we do our work in the world and, yeah. yeah. you know, in correlation to our bodies and seasons.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, it's just really important to know that we, again, we are cyclical beings. So the world is organized around a 24 hour uh, clock obviously we know. Um, and people who are testosterone dominant, usually people would say that as men, it's more inclusive to say testosterone dominant. So in case you're confused, that's what I'm talking about. They cycle on a 24 hour cycle. So every 24 hours is very similar for them. People who are estrogen dominant, however, so people who have periods and other folks who are estrogen dominant, have a 28-ish day cycle. Normal is anywhere between 24 and 32 days. So that means that when we are at least half of the population is a 28-day cycle type of person trying to fit themselves into a 24-hour cycle world, wondering why they always feel like there's something wrong with them. And they always think there's something wrong with them because the world, especially the work world has not been set up for the way our bodies actually operate. So Ugh. each month, somebody who has a menstrual cycle has four phases and these four phases are exactly the same energetically as the four seasons. So they're very easy to remember each month. You have a personal winter. That's when you have your period. You have a personal spring that's called your follicular phase. It's the week after you have your period. You have a personal summer, that's the, you know, two or three days, give and take before and after you ovulate. And then you have a personal autumn, which is the 10 to 14 days before you have your period. That's called your luteal phase. Now, if you don't have a menstrual cycle, the moon actually does these exact same four phases. And there's some really interesting data about how, how imp- deeply humans are impacted by the moon. If you have young children, you know, they're not the full moon. They just don't sleep as well. And they just are eruptive, (laughs) you know, what's really cool is that when we know what season we're in, we can adjust the flavor of our day and specifically our work day to align with the way the neurochemistry is working in our brains, given the hormonal phase we're in. So during your menstrual phase, which is your winter, your brain is the most interconnected between the left and right hemispheres. So it's the time you'll be the most intuitive. It's a really good time to make tough decisions. It's a really good time to go with it. When I have clients who are struggling with something, they're like, I don't know, what should I do with this launch? What should I do with this client? I'm like, "What, what day of your cycle are you on? Is it possible to wait until day one or day two and just see if you can get a clearer download? Because usually... Instead of obsessing all month about something, you can be like, I'm going to put that in my, you know, in my period download (laughs) file, and then I'm going to ask, and usually you will get the answer in like five or 10 minutes. So efficient. Very do less.
0: That's incredible.
1: So that's kind of how that works. And then in the springtime phase, the follicular phase, you're going to be the most primed to be creative and initiating new activity. In ovulation, you're going to be the most verbal, the most magnetic, the most wanting to connect. It's a really good time to do outreach, batch podcasts, batch videos, pitch media. And then in the luteal phase, you are the most detail oriented. So that's a great time to wrap up loose ends. It is also the time when your negativity bias is going to be the strongest. And that's actually a good thing, right? Like the premenstrual time gets a super bad rap in our society because of PMS, this is just a PSA. If you have PMS, you don't have to suffer. Like that's not just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. And it is an indication of a hormonal imbalance. So you could find somebody to help you with that. But the premenstrual time is when you, when things will irritate you the most. And that's good information to know about your life because whatever irritates Mm. you is like, you know, poking you to be like, hello, hello. You might want to look at changing that. And then you can go into your winter and go inside and ask how, what might I want to do about that? If anything. So if the same thing keeps bugging you cycle after cycle, you want to pay attention.
0: Yeah. This is so good. It's so good. Why isn't it discussed more?
1: Exactly. Well, because we live in a patriarchy. The patriarchy is focused on there is one way, one right way to have a body. Mm. That right way to have a body is to be a white, male, heterosexual, cisgender, able-bodied person. And so for any of us who are not that, we consciously or unconsciously have been taught that there, we have the wrong body mm. because we're, we don't have the standard. And so we're not taught about this miraculous thing that is literally responsible for human life. And it's happening to 50% of us, at least in some point in our, in our uh, lifetime. And, you know, it's like taboo and talked about as dirty and you're not, it's supposed to be embarrassing. It's like, are you kidding me? The reason you exist is because this thing happens in a person's body every month.
0: Right. The, the shame, like just the, yeah, I remember when I was younger, when I first got my cycle, the shame of it all right? Like wanting to hide and not let people know and, and being scared that people knew all of a sudden, like there was just so much shame. And I don't know if that ever really got undone. Well, I mean, we're swimming
1: in it. You know, I mean, that's a, regardless of how, like, I grew up in an incredibly period positive household. I was raised by a holistic OBGYN. So it was like, you know, she tried to give me like a period (laughs) blessing ceremony. And I was like, mom, you're so embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> so I was not having it. And yet, even though I grew up in that kind of household, I still had like, I drank the water, you know, I drank the water just like everyone else. You can't really avoid it, but you can reclaim it by knowing that that's why I love this work so much. I mean, it's only one smidgen of the do less work, but it is a foundational element. Like our bodies are our superpower. If we allow them to be, our bodies are miracles. Miracles. The fact that we can make a human being without even thinking about it is the most mind-blowing. Just the fact that our hearts are beating right now and we're breathing. We don't have to give it one single thought. We think that like, it's all about the data. It's all about our mind. It's all about, you know, logic. No, 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 no. Our bodies are brilliant, miraculous. And when we let them lead, things work out a lot more smoothly and a lot more powerfully. Than when we try to do everything just with our mind, which is only one small part of our body.
0: Yeah, I really have not been good at tracking any of this. Right, like I, I have my do less planner, and I like take it out, and then I'm like, it feels like I have to do more. I'm gonna put it back up, and I keep like playing with it every few months. I'm serious. I'm like, okay, okay, this is this is the time. And then I'm like, oh, I'm on day twelve. Never mind. I'll start on day one. That has been my experience. And I'm like, yeah. damn it, just like start, because I do know that there are certain times when I just don't have it to give. Like I just should not be
1: trying to be so front and center. And it's good Um, to know that ahead of time so that you don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Because the world has already told us that there's something wrong with us just by the fact that like we don't work in a 24 hour cycle. And so then if you're also adding on top of it, look, oh, there's something wrong with me. I just don't feel sunshiny today. Mm -hmm. This is great. That's also part of your superpower. Like we need to, we need all the seasons, just like the planet needs all the seasons to be healthy. We need all the seasons, all the different faces of how we can show up. So when you track, then you know ahead of time and then you don't waste precious energy beating yourself up.
0: So when you track and you know ahead of time, what are the boundaries you have to set with other people? Because to them, it's just September, whatever, right? It's not like they don't know your personal calendar and your personal winter, summer, spring. So how do you use this to set boundaries with loved ones, but also just professionally?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with loved ones. So with my husband, for example, I'll just let him know, like, I'm like, hey, I'm in my luteal phase. I'm on day 20. I'm just going to be prickly for the next week. So like, give me space. And so he just knows like, okay, great. Kate's going to be a little prickly. So that's really helpful because not that I expect him to need to change his behavior, but for me to just say that out loud sort of diffuses any, right? you know, anything. Um, and then he's like, not Prickly's trying to get in my word. business. And what was that? Prickly is a cute
0: word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have said something else, but I like prickly. That's
1: cute. <laughs> And then I just, you know, I also let him know like, hey, I got my period. I'm just going to be laying low the next two days. Like the first two days for me, because I know are just like a real inward time. I have a little trouble. I get a little like brain. I'm just super inward. And so it's not a great time for me to, you know, and that wouldn't be the day that I would like do all the drop-offs at camp, do all the packing lunch, also make dinner, you know? So I'll be like, hey, I got my period. Can you handle dinner tonight? Just simple things like that really are easy. Um, And then in terms of professionally speaking, our company is very period positive. So saying something like, you know, I just got my cycle. I'm actually going to work on this in two days when I have more mental clarity is a perfectly acceptable thing. Not all work cultures would be like that though. I hope that one day they will be, and I'm working on that, but it's okay. Like to know if you, if you have a relatively predictable cycle, mine is like Give or take a couple of days every month, but I'll know roughly when my cycle is coming. And I just don't plan anything like the three days around that so that mm-hmm. I don't, so that if I do have the bonus time and if I do feel super energized, great. But if I don't want to do anything, I don't have to do anything. And so I like to I do it a little that. bit predictively as opposed to like canceling a bunch of stuff. Though so if you need to cancel, by all means, go. Yeah. For it. I love that
0: intentionality. I feel like what happens with me is my calendar, people are adding things, executive assistant, the podcast, the PR folks, like stuff just gets added. And I see it as I review the week ahead and then I'm in it and I'm like, why did I allow this? Why did I say yes to this? Like what in the world? And so in this season of, doing less and pruning and all the things, that's something that I'm working on too, is just being more proactive in aligning things with my cycle. Because girl, some things are unavoidable. Like there are, there's some things like, you know, a big media hit or a tour or something, like some things are unavoidable, but my day-to-day stuff is like, girl, why did you let yourself get scheduled for six back-to-back interviews? Not the day for that.
1: Right. But if you were on day 14 of your cycle, you'd be potentially super psyched about that and been like, this is the best day of my life. Yeah, But you know (laughs) what happens
0: though? Us not knowing this whole thing, which is why I wanted to bring it to my audience's attention, us not knowing that makes us feel crazy, right? Because it's like, here I am, I'm so blessed. I'm getting the opportunities that I prayed for. I'm getting the things that I said I always wanted. And now I got an attitude. And now I'm like, I haven't had a break all day. I've been from thing to thing. Now I'm also a person who does satellite media tours. I do 25 interviews back to back. And if they're on the right day, I am pumped. Like I'm done with the 25 and I'm like 25 more. I got it in me, right? (laughs) However... If I have four podcast interviews and it's not the right day, it feels so heavy. It feels like such a drag. My I'm still producing, but not at the level and not with the grace and ease and not with the full like the fullness of what I know I could do. And for other people it's like that was great, but for me I don't feel necessarily wonderful about it. Right. And I want to always feel wonderful about the work that I do in the world and not knowing what you teach has really it's made me feel crazy over the years. Like, what are you complaining about? What are you mad at? You know?
1: Yes. And you're obviously not crazy. So that's really important. And I'm going to tell Gerald, let me text Gerald himself. He <laughs> said, obviously I'm not crazy, sir. Obviously <laughs> you're not. And that's so important. Like, to, It's really about locating ourselves in time and space and caring for how we actually feel as opposed to what the world would like us to do, which is feel different mm. all the time than we actually feel. Listen, life is full of a lot of friction already. Mm-hmm. Why? would we add the additional layer of I am wrong? I feel the wrong way. I should feel this other way. Mm. Now let me like rub sandpaper all over my psyche all day so that now I'm like even feeling worse. <laughs> this ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm just all about knowing where you're at and supporting where you are at because each phase, there's no like good phase and bad phase. Each just phase-, a phase has each, every season has beauty. Every season has purpose. Every season is meaningful and important and precious.
0: Yeah, yeah. So good, Kate. I just adore you. Before I let you go, I'm gonna ask you what we call redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. And you're just gonna tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Great. How do you define success?
1: I think success to me is that like, Inner feeling of being on purpose. And also, it's this beautiful dance between having being on purpose and know that I'm devoting my life to something meaningful, but also having filled my own cup enough that, and and having taken care of myself enough that I'm having fun doing it. That is when I'm being Mm -hmm. successful.
0: I love that. How do you define wealth in three words or less?
1: Appreciating what's there.
0: What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? Ooh,
1: you know, I always recommend Adrienne Marie Brown's book, Emergent Strategy. It is profound.
0: Hmm, gotta look that up. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes. And the last one, you're just gonna fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth
1: is? Okay. my name is Kate Northrup and the truth about wealth is it's way deeper. Than what we've been told.
0: Yes, it is, my friend. Thank you so much for being here,
1: Kate. I appreciate you. Thank you, Patrice. This was so fun.
0: Today's Ask Patrice Anything is from Jennifer in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, Patrice, my question is about trust and what it looks like to trust God during big transitions in career specifically. I know you've been through a lot of career changes and shifts and pivots, and I'm curious what prayers, scripture verses, advice, books, other resources have helped you really grow in your trust that God is moving you in the right direction through all those changes. Oh, Jennifer, I absolutely love this question about trust. I truly believe that trust is a muscle we have to build. And the way that I've personally been able to build the muscle is through journaling. I love journaling because I believe that we get hit with spiritual amnesia really quickly. And as life continues to happen, right, it's not a matter of if things are going to happen, it's when, We come through things and then we forget that we've come through things, right? Like we completely forget that we have already seen bad times. We've seen betrayal. We've seen hurt. We've seen suffering and we've made it here. We've made it to the other side. And what helps to continue to build my trust as the tests get bigger and grander is going back through my journal over the years. And looking at the things that I once was praying through, looking at the things that once challenged me, looking at the things that once frustrated me, and seeing the progression through the journal as doors started to open, as answers started to unfold, as things became more clear, I can look back and see that because I was leaning into my faith at that time, I made it to the other side. And so it gives me an opportunity to be more deliberate and just to remember, to not get sucked into that amnesia, right? To remember that if God brought me through before, why would he leave me here now to suffer? Why would he leave me here by myself? And that has continued to build the muscle. When I see how God brought me through small things, when when my prayers were like, God, I need to pay this light bill, <laughs> Right to now, you know, different things. I don't know, God, I want to buy this retreat facility in another country to create these experiences for the women that I serve. The muscle has been built, right? Throughout the years, throughout the time. And so because I know what God did before, I can trust that if it's in alignment with his will, it will be done again right? And so I really do believe all things work together for my good. And even when I'm in an unfamiliar scenario or it doesn't really feel good, I have learned to just fight to see the lesson or the blessing. And as long as I see, you know, fight to see that and find it, look for the gratitude in it, I just choose to believe that as I keep going down this path, that all things are going to come together for my good. Well, that's it for us this week here on the Redefining Wealth podcast. Listen, you can join us in our free Facebook community. Come on over and meet purpose chasers from all over the world. You never know who you can connect with, and the support is absolutely amazing. And let's talk about this episode and dig a little deeper and see what we find together. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.